Our scripture text today comes to us from Acts chapter 9, beginning at verse 10. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he answered, Here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is an instrument whom I've chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. After taking some food, he regained his strength. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Holy God, by your Holy Spirit, may these holy words become more than words about Saul and Ananias, but your word to us as well. We ask this in the name of Christ and in the power of the Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Last Thursday, we looked at the conversion story of Saul of Tarsus, Saul the persecutor, who was on the road to Damascus to find those who were followers of the way of Jesus in order to bind them and drag them back to Jerusalem because he was so afraid of what they were doing to his orthodox faith, a faith to which he was so devoted. But along the way, en route on a mission that he believed was given to him by God, Saul was blinded by a light of the risen and ascended Jesus Christ. So there was more to Jesus than Saul knew, which meant there was more to God than Saul knew. After this revelation, he was taken to a house in Damascus. And for three days, 
He went without sight, and he neither drank or ate. Meanwhile, a disciple of Jesus named Ananias <clears throat> receives a vision of his own. He receives his vision while he was hiding out in Damascus for fear of Saul the persecutor. It is striking that when Saul was lying on the ground after being blinded by this revelation of Jesus, he was told to get up and go into the city. Not as a persecutor, but as one who now walks more humbly. And when Ananias was given his vision from Jesus, the exact same words are used to introduce it. Get up and go to Saul. Ananias tries to argue about this a little bit with Jesus. Jesus wins the argument, as is his nature. But it's striking to me that both Saul and Ananias receive the same mission. Get up and go. This is often how the mission of Christ breaks back into our lives. Get up and go. Get up and go to the person who scares you the most. Get up and go do some healing. Get up and go back to your mission. Get up and stop hiding. Is there something that is so core to your life, like the gospel was core to Ananias, that you are afraid of those who would try to take it away from you? those who would persecute you because of who you are or who you are not. Or because of what you believe or because of what you doubt. Maybe it's society or, or, or maybe it's some religious zealot like Saul that has sent you in to hiding. It's a lonely, fearful way to live, hiding. No one would choose it. But after a while, you get beaten down by the judgment and the accusation and all of the gossip and not, you can no longer defend yourself and all you know how to do is just keep your head down and quietly try to get through life Hiding is a survival instinct until you realize that it's coming at the cost of your soul that was meant to be free. And so out of grace, a vision of Christ comes and interrupts the secure hiding place to say, it's time to get up and get going again. In the first half of Acts chapter 9, we read about the conversion of Saul, the 
persecutor into Saul, the apostle, who's now sent out with the gospel of Christ. The second half of the chapter, though, tells us about another conversion story. This is the conversion of a disciple of Jesus, the conversion of Ananias, who is converted out of his fear and is also now an apostle sent to a place he would rather not go. I'm thinking Ananias would say to Jesus, I will go into any house in your world except that house on the street called Straight where Saul is. It's exactly where Jesus wants him. And in one of the finest moments of the early church's history, Ananias, this representative of the persecuted church in Damascus, gets up and he goes to Saul and he lays hands on his tormentor and he heals him and his opening words are incredibly profound. Brother Saul. And for much of the next 300 years, as the church endured at times very severe persecution, the gospel continued to grow and the church continued to expand because the church refused to hide and instead kept returning to its tormentor to say, to you too belongs the good news of the gospel. Now I know, I know that there are bullies out there and there are certainly bullies in the church. And their strategy is to keep you afraid. Afraid of who you are as the beloved of God. Afraid of what you believe. Afraid that some in your class or your precept are going to think that's way too conservative for this place. That's way too progressive to still be the gospel. And so you dare not speak up what you firmly believe. Or maybe you're afraid of what you don't know. I am amazed at how much people around here know. I have somehow made it all the way to the retirement and I still can't remember the order of the minor prophets. <laughs> Feels good to finally get that out. But when you are around the people who know so much and who believe so firmly in it and are so fervent in their belief, again, the temptation is always there to hide. I, I know. But I also know that we have this Savior who rose from the death at the hands of those who were also threatened by who he was and what he believed and what he claimed. 
And not only did he rise, but he ascended to the powerful right hand of God. And through the Holy Spirit, this Savior insists on continuing his death-defined mission of proclaiming God's love for all of us. I know that. And I also know that Christ insists on unfolding this mission through you and me. And nothing's going to prevent you from fulfilling that mission like being afraid. It just paralyzes you. It locks you in to a room and keeps you there, but you have the key to the lock. But you stay in out of fear. And I also know that you're never going to argue your way out of that fearful room of hiding. I have spent most of my ministry trying to convince people to not be afraid, and I have never once succeeded. (laughs) I can't even talk myself out of being afraid, because it's not a rational thing. It rises from some other part of us. That's its power. When I am up in the wee hours of the morning staring at the ceiling, unable to sleep because I am afraid, I cannot argue myself out of that. Every time I come up with a reason for why I think it probably won't happen, I can come up with four more for why I think it could. The only thing that helps is for me to get up and start reading the Psalms that talk about this love of God that will leave and shelter me under the shadow of his wings, the Lord's wings. I, I, these, these, these incredible psalms, these love sonnets, this God who knows the number of the hairs on my head, who, who is paying attention, who's kept count of my tears and kept them in this bottle, this amazing love of God, this steadfast love of God. With us, no matter how deep the waters are, no matter how terrifying the fire is, we're not overwhelmed by the waters, we're not consumed by the flames because this God is with us. That's the only way that I get rid of the love. And this was promised to us in 1 John, as we are told, that only perfect love casts out fear. So if you're tired of being afraid, then isn't it time to be renewed in this perfect love and ask yourself, to whom do I need to reach out now and say, Brother Saul? It's a term of relationship. To whom do I need to say, you, me, we are siblings in the same family of faith because we belong to the same Savior. We may not share the same politics, that's for sure. We may not share deeply held convictions. We may not agree about much. I may not even like you very much. It doesn't matter. We are bound together by the common Savior, and that's all that we need to be bound together in community. That is all community ever needs to hold together 
It's the one Savior, Jesus Christ, and our center who holds us all. You know, Ananias went to Saul for Saul's sake to heal him from this fear that had blinded him. But Ananias also went to Saul for Ananias' sake. So that he could stop hiding and become fully alive again. But according to the text, if you're tired of staying in that hiding place where you've locked yourself, the only way you're going to get out of it is not by mustering up the courage to take on Saul. No, according to the text, first, you need to be renewed in a vision of the love of Christ that cast out fear and gets you up and gets you going again. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.